Hello. Hey, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> What are we talking about today, Rosemary? Well, today we were going to talk about our dad. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Great. I've been dying for this episode. Because we started uh, the podcast with like episode one was about our mom. And then and then yeah. I made a few jokes to like a lot of our relatives about how there was going to be an episode for each of them. And I think I fairly, as they'd say, put the shits up them, Beatrice. Rosemary, I would never say that. But luckily, we are equal opportunity embarrassers. And so we didn't want like mom to feel mortified because she was mortified. And dad sat beside her, held her hand and said things like, get over yourself, Claire. So we wanted to like be able to give mom the opportunity to sit beside dad and say, get over yourself, Philip. Right. Because I feel like dad has a lot more embarrassing stories than mom. Oh, God. Yeah. But what did he say about mom? (laughs) He said that mom listened to her episode. And what did he say? There was a lot of cursing, which is really not like her. Oh, I think I think he meant by you. Oh, no, 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 no. I said, how did she react? And he was like, are you sure? (laughs) I didn't think he meant mom curse. I think he meant like there was a lot of cursing in the episode and she was shocked. I was imagining mom going, for fuck's sake. And I was like, God, you must have been really, really shocked. I don't think so. But I'd like to say after this episode, there might be a lot of cursing. Although I was horrified to hear that from you. That we've already used some of our best dad anecdotes. We've already told everybody about how he managed to do like four steps on his pedometer in a full day at work and home and back to the coffee machine multiple times. So um, <laughs> that, that, I was disappointed by that. We didn't get to do that one again, but I've just thrown it in there. So today we're going to talk about that. And actually, I was just commenting to Don today. I watched a talk by one of my favorite leadership gurus because that's now the podcast that I'm listening to well I don't know I keep doing this terrible quotation mark finger thing so you'll have to just ignore that okay because it's ridiculous and also um, you're, Tomas, you're using it wrong you're like Joey from France I, oh no totally totally using it wrong I think his name is I think his name is Tomas I can't pronounce it correctly Chamorro Premisic or something anyway Dr. Tomas is what they introduced him as. And I was like, grand, that's much easier. Dr. Tomas. And he wrote a really interesting book that I read last year called Why Incompetent Men Become Leaders. And, you know, it's a very sort of dramatic title because you kind of, I mean, I bought it and then I left it on my desk and on other people's desks, hoping that it would, you know, spark some conversation. I think nobody noticed or else they ignored it. But it's not so much that it's it's actually a misleading title because it's not that his point, his point is not that men are incompetent and shouldn't become leaders. It's more that the standards or the obstacles that are put in the way of women in order for them to become leaders compared to the standards or obstacles put in the way of men are so significantly higher that it isn't that we should lower the standard for women and let more women in. It's more that we should raise the standard for men and have higher standards all round because the women who are leaders, it's proven that they are you know, more successful or they lead their organizations better. They're more empathic. They're more well-rounded because they've had to overcome they've had to a jump lot through more 10 be, million hoops that yes. men haven't. A hundred percent. I also love know, though, that, a lot of, that we're starting this episode about dad with you going, I read this book, Why Incompetent Men Shouldn't Become Leaders. <laughs> <laughs> Poor dad. <laughs> 
sorry, Dad, that was not the point. No, but I really enjoyed the book because I think I, I mean, I have to tell you, not I think I bought it because I was like, finally, why incompetent men shouldn't become leaders? But when I read it, I was like, all the studies showed that, you know, within even startups or in what's called like in any kind of investment funds when women were were in charge like they had to go through so many additional mm. steps it's, you know prove themselves so much more do a lot more kind of proving out of their theories that it did make them better now and i have to say i don't think that's because the point was it's not that because they were women yeah. but they were forced to do so much more research and spend so much more time validating their hypotheses and their beliefs yeah, etc sure. that they course corrected as they were doing it you know and they became a lot more successful so i mean obviously the takeaway from that would be everybody should do what these women are doing to become more successful it's not you don't have to become a woman but like you should do what they're doing yeah. instead of letting the men off the hook and there were a lot of studies as well where he was saying like people tend to give men the benefit of the doubt they would be like oh this woman didn't hit her numbers so therefore we're not going to give her her full bonus or we're not going to give her kind of 100% of her whatever awards but this guy well it wasn't his fault you know this happened and the you know the climate was bad and the economy was bad but he really he's going to he's going to kill it next year and like the women did not get the same benefit of the doubt and like in general it was really really interesting to me and it made me think like I mean, I don't know what you can do about that. You know, it's, it's, it was, I, I read a thing today that said, like, we're not trying to change the system anymore. We're trying to dismantle it. And yeah. I was like, that's probably more accurate. Anyway, on to that. So at one point, he talked about the six very important traits that leaders should have. And one of them was curiosity. And he talked about how curiosity, you know, the way you look at it in kids, like they're curious about everything. They're like, wow, what's this? How does this become this? Uh, what did I say to you today at the swimming pool when I said uh, to Bo? Um, like, you know, I was giving out to him and I was like, get away from me. You're being so ridiculous. You said, what was you said Jesus. Oh, Mo yeah. You said something like Jesus. Like I said, mother, mother of, of Jesus. That's what I said. I said, mother of God. And he goes, that's a great point, mom. Who was God's mother? I'm like, oh my God, like, that's not the point. I'm basically saying like, stop trying to drown your brother, you know, in the pool. And he's like, great point, mom. Who was God's mother? Now, you know, purists among us could argue that my children should already know the answer to that. But I would argue that, you know, I'm happy they don't, etc. And I just bought a book about all religions and hopefully one of them will read it someday soon. As if. I gave it to Nash. It's going to be I part of his schoolwork. Nash, Nash has been struggling as... to read Artemis Fowl for about three years. Oh, no, he's not even trying to read that anymore. He's trying to read Percy Jackson. And he told me he's 50, 50 pages left before the end of the summer. But I realized a hot tip for parents who are trying to homeschool, because that's what it actually is, homeschool, e-learning. I started saying, your teacher requires that you read 20 pages of this for Monday. And they do it. Oh, my God. Sorry. I mean, I know this is about dad, but before we get to dad, on the topic of parenting, I could not get over. Today, when you went into the house to get like ice cream cones or something, and Bo gave somebody the finger. And when you came back out and I told you, and you immediately oh. like... I obviously told on Bo immediately because I was like, I just wanted you to know in case anybody brought it up again or anything. You know what I mean? Or in case they all started doing, doing it to each other. I was like, here, like heads up. This is what happened when you were away. And you immediately went, Bo, I saw on the camera when I was inside that you gave someone the finger. I'm like, <laughs> you didn't even miss a beat with this. Like I saw on the camera. I was shocked. And Bo immediately, where's the camera? And you're like, I'm not telling you. I know the best part was Bo's like, where, where is this camera? He's like, oh. I'm so sorry, mom. Where is the camera? Like, well, I can't tell you that because then I'm going to have to move the camera. He's like, oh, I'm sorry, mom. 
Egypt. <laughs> he looked so like so chastened. Oh, you saw me doing that. Oh, I'm, I'm well, so it didn't. I mean, he was chastened for about a second and a half, and they entirely forgot about it. Anyway, back to dad. All you know, all these things like you could also be like, they're very like dad. He's extremely interested in something for two seconds and forgets about it. Anyway. At one point, Dr. Tomas talks about curiosity and how curiosity and the capability, the capacity for learning, like for ongoing learning is so, so important. If you're a leader or just if you want to, if you want to be, you know, successful, etc. It's like this ability, to, like your curiosity levels, etc. And how important it is to have that ability to still be curious. And, and he talks and about how, how age how 20. rare, right? Well, he says at, he says the average human like person that they're, capacity for curiosity kind of maxes out around age 20 and after that you know they might have a couple of things that they're interested in or they might be you know like I'm really into running so I'm going to kind of really dedicate myself to that but the person who's like looking to oh what's this or like I've never heard about this what's this you know or I mean and it kind of explains why people who are older are maybe not as tech savvy you know or people Mm. who are but I mean and it made and I actually commented to Don I said like it's really interesting how our dad is the polar opposite of that. Like he is the exception to that rule. You know, he is 72. Uh, two? Mm-hmm. 72. And like, he's over here. Well, he was over here before coronavirus. And, you know, you'd be like, dad, dad, could you pay attention over here? The kids are doing something. He's like, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm watching a YouTube video on how to, you know, dissect 14 animals at once with a toothbrush. Right. Or I'm watching I'm watching a, a YouTube video on how to fiberglass a plane wing. And you're like, you've already fiberglassed your plane wing. Yeah, I know, yeah. but I could have maybe have done it better. What about my next plane? Yeah. And he's going like, like this guy in Arkansas figured out how to do it with his 3D printer and a wish and a prayer. So I'm going to watch his video. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's and even recently, you know, when he like so many of us began to garden during this pandemic, I mean, I, I called mom the other day. I was like, hey, can I talk to dad? And she goes, uh, no, sorry. He's in his office or in his in his bedroom, whatever, in the sitting room, Googling where spinach came from, like the origins of spinach. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I have to say I admire that because I'm like, I'm like, oh, how do you plant spinach? Why is my spinach turning yellow? But I don't think I'm like, what is the history but of like spinach? Dad- I know the history of the potato, Sir Walter Raleigh, but I'm not like looking for the same information but on Dad every is also vegetable, like such right? such an exhausting five-year-old. Mom, where does spinach come from? You'd be like, fuck off. Just eat it or don't. Like, stop annoying me. <laughs> but he also showed me yesterday like a slow motion. I should have actually recorded it and then said it to the Jurassic Park music, but he was showing me this, his his slow motion hydroponic tower that he's 3D printed to like water all of his herbs. And he was like... Yeah, but it goes also, it goes also to the stop motion. You know, he showed me a stop motion video last year of like, here's the plant that I planted. Oh, yeah. Here it is growing over three months. And like, it was actually fascinating. Mm-hmm. Like, this is what a plant looks like when it grows and germinates. I should have done that with my cucumber. Like, you should have, Rosemary. But I mean, I think the... The point is, that's the stuff that you learn when you're 16 in, you know, science class. Yeah. And, you know, you're semi-interested. It's not the stuff that at age 72, you're like, oh, my God, this is phenomenal. Like, and I actually think that is amazing yeah, about dad, yeah. you know, because I, I think that's really admirable. Like, he's constantly learning. And yet, is he? Well, you know what else, like, I think is interesting about dad is that since he retired and he's got really into cooking, right? I mean, really into cooking. Well, no, I mean, he has got very interested in cooking, but he's always cooking different things and always trying different recipes. And I think that really shows that curious side of him as well, that he's like, he wants to try new things or like wants to discover new ingredients or is always kind of 
Like he's always ordering random shit from Amazon or like AliExpress. But you know, he's also really competitive, right? Oh, because yeah. like when Don, when Don showed him how to make a pizza and Don as a, 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 well, actually maybe everybody doesn't know this. Don used to work in Papa John's, which is an American pizza chain. And they, they're like renowned for making their pizzas fresh or whatever. And Don does the tea towel technique where like he, he trains people by, he was a manager and he trains people by tossing the tea towel around on his fist, you know, and then by tossing the dough around and like he can toss the dough around and, and actually create a pizza and to- throw it in the air and st- et cetera, et cetera. And dad was like literally zero interest in this ever in his life sees Don doing it, goes home, becomes a pizza tossing expert. Like he's extremely competitive. He is actually ridiculous. really competitive, yeah. He is so competitive. But I mean, he's also highly competitive. Weight loss, everything. He's highly competitive. Oh my God. I mean, sorry, like okay. highly competitive weight loss. Like I've never known competition like it. And actually, <laughs> like I really enjoyed it for a while when I was losing weight and I was like lifting weights and I would come home and be like, how long can you? I, like, I remember once I made him hold a plank for 30 seconds and he nearly died. I think he was about 65 at the time. And I was so smug. Like, what was I thinking? I could have killed him. Well, I think we should put this into perspective, though, for people like dad. All his life was a normal sized human, right? Not thin, not fat. Like uh, dad, you look great, right? You looked great. Um, and then suddenly aged 60 something again, again, you know, in part of his curiosity decided he was going to learn to fly a plane. Right. And, you know, we were always, um, we were absolutely shocked because the minute he decided he was going to become a pilot and fly a plane, the diet, the rigorous diet kicked in. And I was like, what the hell? This is like these TV shows you watch when they're like, I just always wanted to be able to like run around with my child. And I couldn't run around. My dad's like, could give two craps about my child or my grandchildren. I just wanted to get in that plane and have a lighter load. Uh, sorry this isn't like one of those TV shows where you're like I want to look after my, my grandchildren this is like one of those TV shows you watch where it's like here's how I prepared for the Oscars and it's a celebrity going <laughs> I had one slice of bread for breakfast a cup of soup for lunch and a normal dinner which is what dad has been doing no, no, now but no, for sorry, no, sorry, 10 years no sorry in, no in dad's case no it's a cup of soup for breakfast a cup of soup for lunch and then one of these extravagant eastern meals for oh, yeah. his dinner which which you just talked about, like he's, he's, he's full into it. And, you know, I'd also like to say, I love my dad extremely. Dad, I love you. But he has definitely contributed to some of my bigger body issues because he unwittingly or not, at one point, at one point, actually, I'd like to say, well, I lost a ton of weight when I was a teenager because I was extremely heavy and Rosemary has photos to prove it. And we'll point that we'll post them at some point where I'm feeling less you delicate. You're just a large person. And, very large and you know my actual my my actual son my son said last week like why were you the same size as grandpa and I was like oh I was just very tall and he goes why was grandpa so big and I'm like oh this is like really bad yeah I know I I lost all this weight and dad told me that he'd give me a pound for every pound that I lost so I lost 50 pounds and I said dad give me this 50 pounds that I lost he goes 50 pounds you didn't lose 100 I never told you I'd give you any money you're not getting anything and I was like absolutely devo still resentful about it dad still still resentful even though you pretend it never happened it did that's actually outrageous though still annoyed yep yep still annoyed anyway then like about five years ago after the kneecaps episode at the company that i worked for dad's just standing beside me we're just chatting we're just chilling like in in america (laughs) just chilling out you know being being related loving on each other i think and he looks at me and he goes God, I just, I feel really bad for you. And I'm like, oh, why? 
like thinking like because you're not in Ireland because you can't be near us all the time you just didn't get your mom's nice thin legs you got my ankles and I'm just it's just so unfortunate those extremely wide fat ankles <laughs> excuse me like excuse me what I'm like and the thing is I'd like to pretend it didn't affect me but all the time now I'm like my fat ankles won't fit into any I can't even buy any strappy shoes anymore because of dad's fat ankles. And they are extremely fat. And now I'm expecting his varicose veins to pop up any I moment re- as I, well. I already have his varicose veins. So like, listen, you know oh, what, actually? Hey, maybe he should have been talking to you. Sorry. When it comes to inherited stuff, you can actually bog off. I got the hay fever. I got the asthma. I got the varicose veins. Uh, Your grand. Not so bad, Rosemary. All those things, most of those things are invisible. I also got dad's sideways forehead wrinkles, hence my Botox that I had to have recently. My Botox that I had to yeah. have. Yeah, I had to have it because I was like, every time I look at it, I'm heartbroken by the fact that I'm reminded of my dad who's oceans away from Aww. me. That's right, dad. Love you. Well, yeah. You, you, well, you know that I once said to dad, <laughs> sorry, I have, I have so much to say. You know that I once said to dad, um, I was like, do you think this outfit makes me look fat? I mean, such a cliche. Do you think this outfit makes me look fat? And he, he stopped and, and he kind of looked at me and went, Rosemary, like really seriously, went, Rosemary. Clothes are not magic. You look, he goes, you look exactly the way you are in your clothes. And he was like, you just look like yourself. And I was like, and part of me was like, is that a a good thing? What? Uh, No, no, it wasn't. It wasn't a good thing. I need to break it to you. Uh, What about, I can't even believe this. You look exactly in your clothes. What about dad when he wasn't in his clothes, Rosemary? I think you have a good example of that. You know, now I'm like, how dare you, dad? Did he think that his clothes, that his... So maybe that's why he didn't put clothes on because he was thinking he could scare people off equally well. I'm sure there's like a very advanced emperor's new clothes joke that we could make if we were smart enough. (laughs) (laughs) So one night, it was actually actually a terrible story because it was a night... Oh, now I'm like suddenly going, how much of this do I want to say? Because mom and dad do listen no, to this. No, it's actually keep brilliant. It to me. I, they're well aware of this entire story. You're grand. I'm not sure they are, Beatrice. I'm actually not sure. Well, so anyway, oh, I went out. I think it was like Stevens's night that we used to all go out to time and nace. Like me and my girlfriends go out for a dance and basically to walk into time, to walk in through the door of time and then immediately lose each other because it was massive and had about five floors and you'd never find a single one of your mates after you walked in. Anyway, I bumped into this guy that I totally fancied in school who honestly, I should send you a picture of him, Beatrice. He is very unfortunate looking. I don't... No, honestly, this is not... No, I can. So anyway, I went back to this... Like this guy was like, my friend's having a house party. We went back to the house party. There was no one there. I snogged him in his friend's shed for about 40 minutes. And then he was like, uh, how are you going to get home? I was like, oh, so I called a taxi, had to pay 65 euro for the taxi because it was Stephen's night to take me from Nace home. So I got home. I obviously had a key, but mom and dad at that point were fast asleep, I thought. And also they thought that I was staying with my friend. So I got home, was like really upset. I was like, that guy just used me to like snog me in the shed and then send me home. <laughs> I went home, was bursting for the loo because obviously there was, there was no loo in the shed also. <laughs> so <classy. laughs> It just keeps getting classier. <laughs> I was absolutely locked, raging. I was probably crying and like bursting for the loo. Oh, Rosemary, you were definitely you were crying. definitely crying. <laughs> so, I, so I let myself in the door and I went into the downstairs loo, which lucky me, dad had recently installed, having promised mom he would install it for 25 years. 
Rosemary, we should clarify for people that like, in case they're thinking that our, we lived on the downstairs. We lived on the upstairs oh, yeah, of our house. So yeah. we had a split level house and the downstairs was constantly being threatened to be turned into some kind of like mansion of anything. And anyway, it got turned into nothing. It was basically like a downstairs workshop for dad. It was dad's heaven with the laundry room and a toilet. And, and the room that they still call the sauna even though it's a shell that basically oh. contains an old dining room table <laughs> and a lot, a lot of cob- cobwebs. Like, mom's like, oh, that's down and in no the sauna. And no lighting. And no lighting. Oh, oh my God, not a light. Not a light. To be- I should actually, you know what? I'm going to take a photo of this and upload it to our Instagram. But like, the walls aren't even plastered. So I don't want people to think it's like, no. it's a sauna without a light bulb. When we say there are I no lights. I think a picture would be excellent, Rosemary. A picture would be excellent. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to upload a picture. Anyway, so I came in, shut the door behind me, ran into the downstairs loo, Began to do my wee and promptly fell asleep. So like <laughs> crying, exhausted, weeing, fell asleep for God knows how long. I don't think meanwhile, it was that long. Ups- meanwhile, upstairs, the gentle tinkling of your wee had started to prompt somebody to begin to emerge from his reverie. I think. Meanwhile, upstairs, <laughs> mom and dad had heard the door. And then heard. Oh, had, no, they hadn't. Allegedly. They had not. Mom and dad had allegedly heard the door. No. Mom and dad had heard noises oh. that they weren't used to hearing. It's like they hadn't heard the door. Like they heard noises. They're not used to hearing anything. They literally sleep through everything. Like when this the kids, true. I put the kids in their bedroom when they are here. Because I'm like, here, you, put, you you can have the babies in your room because, you know, you you know, you can mind them. And they're like, great. And the next day, I'm I, literally, I've had to go into the room where they are asleep and take the babies and feed them because they do not wake up. It must be amazing. So they didn't wake up from the door. They obviously were unsettled from their sleep because you know what, something Beatrice, happened. Maybe the bond between myself and my mother is so strong that she felt the heartbreak emanating upstairs from the loo and said, oh, and actually, said to Dad. Actually, I totally would believe that. Actually, she probably hadn't even gone to bed. She was probably like, my baby wasn't, isn't home. Baby's not home. Oh, you're actually right. She's probably upstairs. Okay, so let's re- rephrase this. Mom was awake upstairs <laughs> waiting for Rosemary to come home. She heard the door open and close and then she heard nothing, nothing. else. The, the tiny tinkle and then nothing. I eventually awoke and I remember, I think, oh yeah, I think I awoke... And then I, before I, I rounded, before I rounded the stairs, I took my shoes off because at that po- that was the point at which I was like, can't walk in these wedges anymore. <laughs> it's like, I've had enough. Like a good criminal, you took your shoes off to pad quietly upstairs. Yes. Put one, put one hand on the banister, one foot on the step and looked up and saw at the top of our stairs, the top of our stairs has a glass, like a, a glass door, basically. And I saw behind the glass door, my entirely naked father peeking his head like looking down the stairs like but also looking like peeking could you choose a different word maybe (laughs) Jesus but he was looking a bit like he was like you know when you see these pictures of explorers going like I think I can finally see the peak of the hill uh peak sorry could you stop yourself do you mind what the hell's wrong with you he was was looking looking around the corner like a concerned homeowner yes okay how about that yes and then I got a terrible fright he got a terrible fright we both screeched yeah but he also didn't and he began to peek (laughs) (laughs) sorry it's absolutely disgusting (laughs) because when I got up to the like it's even worse 
course. Is because when I got oh, up to the top, when of the I stairs, got up to the top, could you actually use? Normal oh my god! Language? When I, anyway, when I. <laughs> magically get but dressed like, he was pressed against the cold cement wall yeah, but, naked but, but, but what i want to say is like when he once he realized it was me he just stood there waited for me to get up to the top of the stairs and i was How like was he supposed to move he was pressed against the wrong side of the wall from what i heard no he was not even on the side of the wall that would allow him to retreat was. in a dignified fashion into his bedroom no no no, no, no. he was on the bedroom from, side from oh. dad's recollection he was on the opposite side of the wall and he said, I couldn't have retreated because it would have meant a full frontal flash to my daughter. <laughs> Which, I mean, I don't know how that was. He was even worried about that at that point. And I was like, actually, now that I think about it, it could also have turned around, like in fairness. I know. The point is, <gasps> oh my God. Like, what the fuck? What are you doing? And, and he literally looked, looked at me like so angrily. We're like, this is my fault, right? And he was like, I thought it, you it were. was your fault. I thought you were a robber. Yeah. And I was like, and... What exactly were you going to do? I thought you were the tiredest robber I ever met. <laughs> thought you were the worst robber. But like, he didn't even have a weapon, Beatrice. There was nothing. He was just standing there, Nick. What was he going to do? He wasn't as embarrassed as he should have been, though, I have to say. No, he wasn't embarrassed at all. He was annoyed with you. Yeah, he was annoyed with so, me. So, I'd, like I'd like to talk, though, a little, little bit about, because like, what I think is actually really entertaining about Dad, like, is Dad is... You know, a lot of a lot of granddads are like super cool, fun for their grandkids. And, you know, not to say that my kids are, uh, uh, you know, what, whatever. My kids are like super difficult. I don't think they're extremely amenable to anything. There's one of them has a great personality and is extremely friendly and the rest of them are just people. Right. And that's life. And I'd like to say that, you know, I always thought the dad and mom is amazing with them, right? And I always thought the dad was going to be like bonding, etc. But I realized the dad actually only likes people who are like 25 and above <laughs> that he can discourse with, you know? So when he first started coming over, like, oh, actually, no, he likes them when they're baby babies. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, right. Loves a baby. But then, he, he, yeah, but then, he, you know, he's he's not got as much patience for them when they're kind of like four to... No maybe 14 and, right like it's a bit like oh what do you yeah. want you know and like they really don't have a clue right like they're just asking questions I mean don't get me wrong I have no patience either but I'm probably a little bit maybe more patient in my lack of well, patience well like dad also think. does not want to explain something to anybody who he oh, thinks yeah, exactly. is not going to take it on board so like a child falls into uh, that category or, where he's like you're not going to remember or this or he will explain it in a way that like they have no oh, comprehension yeah, yeah. like no idea what he's and saying and then get annoyed you know? and he's like oh Never mind. Yeah. yeah. Or, you know, he also like they'll 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 fight with him. They'll be like, it's four, it's four. And he'll go, it's four, it's four. And like that conversation goes on like in an inane fashion oh for like God, 72 hours. You're like, you're actually you're actually like eight years old yourself. Anyway, the point being that like I think it's really amazing because I a lot of the admiration, respect like that I have for my father and our father is from when he was like a similar age or maybe he was older I'm not actually sure but like a lot of the things that he did when he was younger like he was no golden child like he was really quite a brat you know oh he, my God, like, he, he did a lot like of really such bold such things a brat. When, like when I think about dad as a child I just think about a movie I was forced to watch yesterday Dennis the Menace that's always kind of what I think about oh him. exactly I mean except for like super smart you know what I mean Yes. Well, I mean, I think Dennis is probably smart enough. Like, he's not murdered yet. No, you know? but, I like, think, dad, but I think Dennis is kind of lot. like a cool kid at school. I feel like dad was a nerd. Oh, I don't really... I mean, I think they all dressed extremely nerdy. Oh, yeah. But I imagine that I imagine that people liked dad because he was on the 
bad side of good, you know. Um, one of the things that he did um, in his house was he wired up an, a, a toilet seat. So he wired an electric circuit underneath the oh toilet seat. So that Can you imagine? Somebody would get, would get an electric shock when they sat down on the toilet seat. And unfortunately for dad, it was his aged his, grandmother his, who sat down. I, I thought it was his great the aunt. Seat. Yeah, but it was somebody definitely, it was like two generations yes, away. It was, it was an old, old, old God. individual who sat down, got an, on the toilet seat, got an electric shock. And then dad, of course, got into massive trouble. And then I, but the one that I do like, I do like the one where he was, because he was in Sing Street, which sounds like a very serious um, nightmare. I was going to say Christian Brothers School. No, I mean, you know, it didn't sound for his experience. Certainly, doesn't sound as bad as some people's were in that in that era. Like he sounded, it was bad, but not. I don't know what was good. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. There wasn't necessarily a comparison. Where like, I wish we were in this school. It just sounded like that was a very strict religious school, and they got you know wax on the cane with the cane, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, but they had one teacher who was obsessed with the races. And they had the desks back in those days, you know, the ones that, that had like the levered desk front. So you lift them up, you had like all your stuff in, you know, in the underneath the actual desk and you could lift them up and look underneath what's going on. And his teacher used to lift it up and listen to the races in Cheltenham and in the afternoon, like which yeah. is horse races and not be paying them any attention. And dad, anyway, rigged up some interfering radio signal. Yeah. And so the teacher would lift up the desk and listen to what was happening, what, you know, who was winning the races. And dad would lift up his own desk and like mix, mess with the signals until the teacher could no longer hear what was happening yeah. with the races. And like dad said, <laughs> and, dad said your man would be there like yes. whacking the, the radio, you know, like trying to give it yes. a bang to get it back into signal or whatever. The poor mind must And the whole class were in on it though, which I find hilarious. Like the whole class were like super enjoying, you know, the fact that dad was being an absolute brat. Like in a weird way, it was, it was good. Like, you know, sometimes I feel like Dennis the Menace was kind of alone in his pursuits of boldness, whereas dad definitely seemed to be supported by the, by the class in his pursuits of teacher frustration. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. And I mean, But I mean, like, what about the time as well that he set up, he was saying that like in their day, there was a conductor on the bus who used to ring a bell. So they'd ring a bell when the bus had to stop to let somebody off. And then they'd ring a bell when, the, when everybody had got on to go to like to signal to the driver, you can go again. And dad made himself one of these bells and sat upstairs on the bus <laughs> ringing the bell basically so that, brilliant. like there'd be somebody with one foot on the bus and one foot off the bus and he'd ring the bell to go go <laughs> like, <laughs> like I have to think like he had little to be honestly I mean well you know what like he had no TV he had no Netflix he had no nothing like he had a lot of time to be inventing troublesome shit I know and he also had this brother who was like obsessed with sports and fishing and I think his dad was like why can't you be more like Niall and like come, you know, fly fishing and be interested in soccer? And dad is like, whatever. Oh. I don't care about any of that. Well, I have to say, like, I mean, he's genuinely so knowledgeable. Like, I mean, he is. He's so. And he says things like, I have, you know, a photographic memory. Do you, dad? I'm not sure. Right. Because like, do you remember what I wrote to you in my last email? I'm not sure. Is it a selectively photographic email? Potentially. Anyway, he says he has a photographic email. I think it's kind photographic of memory. Memory. But in a photographic email. Yeah, exactly. But he didn't win the family round of trivia. You didn't join Rosemary, but he didn't win. You know, in fact, I, I suspect he came last after me, as in like I was second last, he was third last and everybody else won. However, I would like to point out that it was entirely based around Ranla and Rathmines. And I was like, this is absolutely crap. Oh my God, Beatrice, as, as mom would say, only blow-ins call it <laughs> Ranla. It's Renla. You'd easily know your new money. Ranla. <laughs> 
new money or no money. Anyway, but the other thing I like about dad is that he's constantly reading books, right? Like he is like literally dad. I mean, and and the kids say it too, you know, before in the days before devices were a thing, dad's device was books, right? He would never look up. um, And like we used to be like, dad, 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 like daddy, you're listening, dad, 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 I've got no clothes on, dad, dad. Dad, dad, all my clothes have just burnt off me. Dad, dad, like, he would like have no reaction. Today. You could be literally like, yeah, dad, but like literally dad. it's the only thing that could, well, Rosemary, well, you we know, were living in Kildare. There was nothing to shock him with. <laughs> but like, dad, mom, dad, the animals are dead. Oh, surprise. Dad, mom. dad, dad, mom hates you. Dad, dad, like there was nothing happening. Mom, oh, mom used pregnant. to joke. That might've been a good one. Mom used to joke, although like, it's absolutely not a joke that the only way to get his attention would, would be to say megahertz, would be to like say a sentence and drop megahertz in there somewhere and be like, Philip, it actually Philip, worked. you have to come to the table. There's a megahertz on it. And he'd suddenly look up like, what? Yeah, well, it actually worked. <laughs> but so anyway, so for all these years, dad would be reading books. And like, we have a very interesting library at home, you know, full of, you know, all the classics and then some Tom Dick Clancy. Francis and whatever else. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The normal. But, like I read them all when like, I was growing up. Hang on, hang and on, then, hang on, hang on. Well, go ahead. I sorry. I just want to clarify that when we say like dad reads a lot, dad reads now, now on average three books a day, I think. So like he, oh, he literally yeah, yeah, sits yeah. and reads all the time. So it's not just like dad always oh, yeah, has a book I, on the go. Yeah, you know I don't mean? think people really I don't think people really understand or believe it. And he'll say things like we had a conversation recently because there was a thing in the uh, New York Times about like people who read, but who also skim read, you know, okay, yeah, yeah. and He's like very sensitive full, to, re- to accusations of skim reading. Oh, no, he totally was like, that's all I do. I skim oh. read. And I said, oh, like, very sensitive you know, you can read it. But I mean, I kind of feel like I do the same thing. It's depending on the book, yeah, right? True. If it's something you have to very carefully read. But if it's like a romance novel, which I would like to say I never read, I would just skim the paragraphs. You read The example, Wives. Right? You read The Wives by <laughs> Taryn Fisher. Oh, I didn't expect that to be what it was, though, I have to say. I did not expect no, it to no, be what it was, I. and it was crap. I actually, that fell out, fell out. The, the 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 baby pulled all the books off my bookshelf today, and that fell on the floor, and I was like, I actually had that thought. I was like, that was not anywhere near as good as I no. thought it was going to be. And I was like, maybe I should write the book that I thought it was going to be, and then I was like, no, I'm too busy. But mm-hmm. anyway... So I remember a while, so I love talking about books that I've read, right? Like, you you know, we both do, right? We love talking with each other about, well, I love talking about books that I've read. You don't so much love talking about the books that I've read with me. You love talking in depth about revelations you've had or thoughts you've had that have been prompted by something you have read or seen or and like in a way that sometimes I'm like, if I had just read that Margaret Heffernan book, I too would be interested in this. You know, you know what I mean? <laughs> but what about the books that you have read? Okay, okay, fair. Okay, I have read some. So I think what we can take away from this is I've read some great books that Rosemary should read but has not read. And yet, what about the books that we have both read? Like, I think we, Rosemary and I have, have been in book clubs together recently. Two book clubs. Book club number one, I didn't read the book. And book club number two, I only got to chapter seven. <laughs> but we had great chats, right? No, I, I I, think that you and I both like to talk about the books that we've read and what they meant, et cetera, et cetera. And like, right? Yes. No? Yeah. I mean, oh my God, I think, not convincing. I think I am more capable than you are of reading a book, even if it's very interesting and not taking notes and not discussing it and 
kind of forgetting about it immediately afterwards. You're not, you like to think oh, about Oh my this. God, are you having a laugh? I'm extremely capable of reading multiple books and remembering nothing about the title, name or topic and remembering that I enjoyed it. However, the books that do have an impact on me impact me extremely. And then must impact anyway. everyone else. Yeah, precisely. Thanks. Nice one. So I said to dad anyway, I was like, oh, dad, you know, I'm so happy you read this book or that book. And I said, like, I'd love to chat about with you. And I was like, did you think that it was this? And did you think that this was that? And he turned. Oh, I remember. I think it was actually Game of Thrones. Like it wasn't even any particularly intense Game of Thrones, like episode one. And I remember he put down his book and I've never (laughs) seen. That's not quite true. I've rarely seen more annoyed, (laughs) peeved looking face on him. And he goes, listen. He goes, I appreciate that you enjoy reading. He goes, I'm happy you enjoy reading. And I enjoy reading too. But I just want to read it and forget about it. And the fact that you want to talk about it, analyze it, is up to you. And I don't want to do any of that. I just want to enjoy what I read. And I don't remember anything about it afterwards. And I was like, okay. But how at the same time, you know, when you say things about like Game of Thrones, you go, oh, after book five, it became a load of rubbish. Dad's like, oh, absolutely. So for somebody who doesn't want to be involved in the conversation, he certainly likes to inject himself into it, Dad. <laughs> anyway. Coming soon from Wondery, a new podcast, Dr. Dad. <laughs> There's actually a Wondery I'm podcast. Sorry. There's a Wondery podcast all called Dr. Death. And I just really wanted to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Death. I've been what. Dr. Death is a really good podcast about this plastic surgeon who basically killed a whole lot of people and then like was like, well, I didn't do anything wrong. Like, I don't know how those gloves ended up in their colon. It was amazing. Well, I've recently been actually recently yesterday, accident right now, as in still watching season eight of House, which I love because I actually I'm absolutely in love with Hugh Laurie. I think he is the funniest thing I've ever seen. And an American friend of mine was like, oh, I love House as well. And I said, oh, do you love Jeeves and Wooster? Do you love Black Adder? She's like, I don't know what those things are. So I forwarded her on all these clips. And now she is busy watching every season she can of Black Adder oh and God, Jeeves I and Wooster. Because Black Adder. I haven't watched oh my Black Adder in so long. Oh my God, it was so hilarious. I sent her the clip about, you know, where the prince, Hugh Laurie, is in the theatre. And he is, he doesn't understand because he's so dim that this is, actors and that he's watching Caesar and Brutus on the sea, on the play and they're like acting and he doesn't understand that they're acting and he keeps shouting at them stop it you rotter you know and he's so <laughs> hilarious like he's so such I mean and such a brilliant actor I have to say because I'm like looking at him going from house to this like he's so genuinely able to be a ton of different characters and I would like to say I recently bought Rosemary the full compendium of Jeeves and Wooster because she had never read them. And to anybody who has not read P.G. Woodhouse's absolute classics, like they are hilarious. She doesn't know it yet because she still hasn't read them, but they are brilliant. Because I'm busy a la Philip McCabe reading about a wizard P.I., I know, but when, and also, but also like, don't watch the TV show yet. Like when you watch the TV show as well, like Hugh Laurie is, it was Hugh Laurie and Stephen Fry, you know, they were a double act and then they did Jeeves and Wooster together and it was absolute genius. Like every, you know, you know, very often like you read a book, Narnia or whatever, like um, and when we watch the movie, we're like, "Mm, not quite what we wanted it to be. And that's not the actor. But like when I watched Jeeves and Wooster on TV, I was like, this was I couldn't have cast it better. Yeah. Like it was brilliant. They were amazing. Okay, well then I look forward to reading that in a short period. It's right here beside my bed, actually. It's in my next pile. Speaking of house, though, Dr. Dad. Oh, 
my God. I'd, like, I don't know when you first realized that, like, dad considered himself some kind of medical, not like an expert, but he definitely, I don't know, because because basically how, how I found out was I broke my arm and I fell in the neighbor's driveway getting, I think I mentioned this already, getting the Indian takeaway menu. My life, honestly, <laughs> is just, if I wasn't such a glutton, I would never have injured myself. And I went over to the neighbor to get the, the, the menu for the Indian takeaway that dad and I were going to order. He like dispatched me off and I fell in the driveway and whatever way I landed on my arm, I broke my, I broke a bone on my hand and I broke a bone on my elbow. And I came back into the house, I was crying my head off and I was like, oh my God, my arm is so sore. Like, I think I've broken something. And dad was like, give me a look at it. And he like takes a look and like, like moves my hand around and goes, no, you know what? You've bruised the bone. You've, you've just bruised about and I, I remember mom I mean is that actually a thing because to be honest like in all my eight seasons of watching house I've never heard the expression bruising of a bone I've heard I don't think it is actually because bruising, I've heard like tachycardiaism <laughs> tachycardiaism <laughs> yeah I've just made that up <laughs> I've heard of cardi b no because bruising is like your body's inflammation isn't it in reaction to like hurting yourself so your bones can't well, I mean I don't even know don't like know. I literally mean like how would dad know and that this is where I think dad is weird because he's this extremely curious individual and yet when it comes to medical diagnoses there is no curiosity doctor dad knows what's going on and stop asking questions right yeah. so it wasn't until the next day when I woke up and my entire hand and wrist had swollen that he was like maybe we should go to A&E yeah I bet you he was like you are you are literally disobeying my diagnosis. He was, and he was kind of like, I mean, they're just going to tell you it's a bruise on the bone, but like, listen, we'll, like, we'll go and a get some... A bruise on the yeah. bone? I'd like to ask anybody who's a doctor who's listening to weigh in and tell us if a bruise on the bone is actually a real thing. Because like, we have spent literally two decades saying bruise to the bone. You know what? I should sound less um, sceptical. Hey, I'd like to ask anybody... <laughs> to tell us if a bruise in the bone is a thing because we maybe it is we are going to feel stupid yeah. when when they come back and go no yeah, that's because totally, i don't that want totally you to thing. tell us it's not <laughs> i don't want you to tell us it's not <laughs> so anyway yeah and my my arm was broken in two places and then there was the time that the poor dog got hit oh rosemary sorry just to go back briefly was that the time when you had to like get in the sea yeah. with your arm in a plaster in the air Listen, when people shout it out you get in the sea now put your story. hands up if you're a gobber and like your hands were up in the air is that that time yeah, i don't know how much how much dining out you're planning on doing in the story rosemary did you post that picture of yourself with your hands over your boobs i don't think i've boobs, boobs. i don't think i've seen <laughs> i don't think i've seen it anywhere no Did i'll I? actually make sure to you post s- that picture of my boobs you, later yeah you said you were going to post it and yet now that i'm reminded of it I'm i like, think it's just where like, is it the, the more i look at it the more naked i seem Anyway. Oh, no, no, no. You look great. You looked actually just like that dinner picture of us with the low salt. Extremely peeved. That's just my fucking face. Oh, sorry. Anyway. Uh, or- oh, that's the other thing dad told me. That's the other thing dad told me, Rosemary. He said to me one day, he goes, hey, smile for the camera. And I smiled and he goes, oh, you have a terrible McCabe resting bitch face. He's not wrong. I had, I had no idea. I think it was my 14. Anyway, go ahead. We... Like literally literally what an arsehole sorry dad like literally all these terrible 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 things that you've made me worry about all my life go ahead rosemary we both have that face sorry dad well i didn't know i had it until dad told me thanks dad well i was just gonna say the time the poor three-month-old puppy got hit by a car and smashed basically the ball and socket joint of her hip 
was entirely smashed. So like both the ball and the socket were fractured. And mom and dad like brought the dog back. They were minding the dog, brought the dog back two days later and the dog was very quiet. And dad was like, yeah, she got a bit of a bang. Like she has a bit of a bruise feeling sorry for herself. And I was like, <laughs> what like, This is literally like, I wish dad was a female. No offense, like dad, because I wish we were a member of the Kardashians because I'm like, that just sounds like such a terribly typical male. Like all the women in my house feeling sorry for themselves. They're not as hurt as they are. But like if they could just, oh my God. Yeah. And then and then we took the dog. We had to take the dog to get x-rayed and they were literally like, yeah, she smashed her entire hip joint. <gasps> Dad was like, she's just feeling sorry for herself. She's got a bit of a bruise. <laughs> Philip Jenner strikes again. <laughs> Go ahead, Rosemary. Wasn't there another one? There was the time when mom, like again with the Indian takeaway, was picking up... <laughs> For you, sorry, up, sorry. Again with the Indian takeaway. Picking up my for Indian, you, my for Indian you. Yes, was picking up my Indian takeaway, and slipped on the road in 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 Rathmines and fractured her wrist. And the two of them come home. Her hands like a little like blown up rubber glove. Anyway, and Dad once again was like, "Oh, your oh your poor mother got a bit of a knock. She got a bit of a fright." Her hand's just a bit bruised. And you're like, and like literally wasn't until, oh yeah, he also made her move her hand around. He was like, we like show her Claire. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah. He's like, she can move her hand. She can do this. She can do that. I'm like, I'd love to, you know what? I'd love to actually, I'd love to sit dad down and go, have you had any, like even rudimentary first aid training? Because I don't no, think he has. he hasn't. Oh my God. Did you ever hear about the first aid training I had? No. Right before I had my baby, we had to go and do this like baby training. And Don will actually tell you about this. And he laughs and chuckles so hard. But let me tell you now, it was not funny. So you get it like oh a fake God, baby doll. Back to me now. Right? And you have to do like chest compressions and this and that. And at a certain point, they're like, put this like plug of whatever, like plugginess down your baby's throat. And then like you're going to have to, you know, basically do minor chest compressions to get the plug back up. And so everybody in the room, and it was like, you know, there were uh, maybe five or six of us around the room with, and I... This plug like, of with, plugginess. With an individual I'm actually, baby. I'm sorry, I'm just stuck on that. Oh, okay, sorry. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Like, But it was like a thing that you were supposed to stick down the fake baby's throat where, where there was like, a, you know, a circular shape where their throat was and you were supposed to stick it down. And then you would do like the chest compressions. Yeah, yeah. And obviously for a baby, you're supposed to do very soft and different, different chest compressions than regular, you know, um... A life-saving technique so we're going around the room we're doing like we're, we're you know they're teaching us how to blow in the baby's mouth and how to do it's, it's all on the doll you know and then at a certain point they're like now put the plug down the baby's throat and now you know do your chest compression like push with your push with your the palm of your hand but like not too hard and doing and everybody else's plug comes straight up and my baby's plug goes nowhere and I'm like pushing with the chest with the palm of my hand and then I'm like doing my double tap and then I'm pushing gently twice and then I'm blowing and then I've got the baby over my knee and I'm tapping and like the whole time like I've, I don't have a baby this was before I even had a child and I was like really panicking and I was tapping the baby on the back and then I'm bashing the baby on the back and eventually like this goes on for ages and then eventually it's like beep 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 your baby's dead <gasps> and this woman comes the, then the like the trainer comes over she's like oh I'm sorry your baby seems to be faulty My baby is faulty. Like, I can tell you now, Don has never laughed so hard in his life and I literally nearly passed out from pure oh, stress. Oh my God. Were you crying? I did not think this was funny. Uh, no, I was just absolutely horrified. Like, 
I mean, I can't imagine that you would give a faulty baby to people, but yet it happens anyway. I mean, it was just... You know what the thing is, though, Beatrice? If you'd handed... It was just another thing that I... If, if you'd handed that faulty baby to Philip McCabe and he tried to get that plug of plugginess out of that faulty baby's mouth, <laughs> within literally five seconds, Philip McCabe would have been like, baby's faulty. <laughs> just dad that's men men. that's men in general it's like a it's not me how incompetent men become leaders oh rosemary nicely circuitous turnaround very very nice that is what this episode was about after all sorry dad now i would like to say at the end of it all because you know we started out saying how great dad is dad you are great and like i also think it's so nice like dad is so emotional and sweet and nice and charming and like he loves mom and i always thought it was funny because all my life i thought mom because probably because i was conditioned to think that women were the more romantic sweet types oh yeah was the romantic sweet type so did i and when i grew up i realized that actually mom was like get away from me philip stop hugging me and he's the hugger and the kisser and the lover and the all those things and he loves country music and he loves irish songs right like and he even says you know i love hugging and i love these things that mom's just like whatever it's fine i actually still like i still remember how shocked i was when mom said to me like one day something like oh you know i don't really like hugs your father's the one who loves hugs and it was just like a little bomb went off my mind that i was like oh my god i've been denying this and just assuming that mom because she's the mom is the one who loves hugs and the dad, because he's the dad, is not the one to hug. And now I'm always hugging him. I think he's a bit sick of it, actually. Yeah, but now that they're not so close to us, I would love to give them all a hug. No, I would so love to I. give mom a hug, even despite her non-hugginess. <laughs> and I would love to give dad all the hugs. And there are definitely a couple of kids here who would love to be forced. <laughs> who would love to? Who would love to nothing? No, who could easily are, be forced to give lots of hugs? There are a couple of kids here who would love to unwrap a few giant bars of Cadbury's from Granny and Grandpa's suitcases. Oh, and that's they arrived it. today. They arrived today. And under duress, they could be forced to give multiple hugs. However, I think that um, Dad, as an Irish singing you know, music lover would like to hear a couple of songs. And I think there's a song that he loves that we were going to sing for him. You sound like a DJ at a country wedding. But I, I like know, it. Right? <laughs> I know. Well, there's, there's no, there's no um, wedding happening, but yeah, it's going on. We never even talked about his plane. We'll have to talk about that another day. For sure. Do you want me to start? Yeah. Baby, I know that we've got trouble in the field. When the bankers swarm like locusts out there turning away our yield. The train rolled by our silos, silver in the rain. They leave our pockets full of nothing but our dreams in the golden grain. Have you seen the folks in line downtown at the station? They're all buying their ticket out and they're talking the Great Depression. Our parents had their hard times 50 years ago when they stood out in these empty fields in dust as deep as snow. And all this trouble in our fields, if this rain can't fall, these wounds can heal. They'll never take our native soil, oh, 
But if we sell that new John Deere and we'll work these crops with sweat and tears, you'll be the mule, I'll be the plow. Come harvest time, we'll work it out. There's still a lot of love here in these troubled fields. There's a book up on the shelf about the Dust Bowl days. And there's a little bit of you and a little bit of me in the photos on every page. Now our children live in the city and they rest upon our shoulders. They never want the rain to fall or the weather to get colder. And all these troubles in our fields, if this rain can't fall, these wounds can heal. They'll never take our native soil, oh, but if we sell that new John Deere, and we'll work these crops with sweat and tears, you'll be the mule, I'll be the plow, come harvest time, we'll work it out. There's still a lot of love here in these troubled fields, you'll be the mule, I'll be the plow. Come harvest time, we'll work it out. There's still a lot of love here in these troubled fields. Um, we will very shortly be announcing dates for our worldwide singing tour. <laughs> <laughs> our uh, first stop will be the, the, the Grand Ole Opry in Nashville. Can't wait. We're going to be singing with on the same stage as legends like Reva Steenkamp. I actually don't know anybody. Don't know any <laughs> you be ridiculous. Like, legends like <laughs> le- legends like legends Hayden like Claire <laughs> I'd love that. I would love that. I would die. <laughs> I do love her. I would die. Thank you all so much for listening to us talk about our dad. And thanks, Dad. For listening, for being as well, yourself, yeah. Oh, thanks, Dad, for like not murdering us. Thanks, Dad, we love you. Never change. We genuinely love you. Never change. Change a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all for listening. Um, if you have two seconds, we would really appreciate it if you'd go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating and even a little review because we love them. You can get me on Instagram at Rosemary McCabe with an A on my Mac. Beatrice is on Instagram at Beatrice McCabe with an A in her Mac. And we also have an Instagram for our podcast at Not Without My Sister. You can check out show notes and transcripts and all that good stuff at notwithoutmysis.com. And we will catch you next week. Thanks so much. Bye. Not Without My Sister is produced by Liam Garrity. Sound editing and original music are by Don Kirkland. And our original illustration is by Lindsay Nielsen. Not Without My Sister is a member of The Warren, the home of great Irish podcasts. As is my podcast, Meet Your Maker. You'll find more great shows at thewarren.ie.